<laughs> Hello, beautiful souls. built on our trauma fear responses hmm. the question is very interesting the way it's worded is very interesting to me I think it's very normal or common maybe that a lot of our relationships have started with some kind of trauma or fear and I think this is something that as a collective we are trying to transition away from or rather be more conscious of. There is no human who gets out of this human experience unscathed. So when you're talking about trauma and fear, we all experience it, different levels, different ways, someone else's experience that they can get over in a moment might be someone else's lifelong journey. So I first want to acknowledge that most relationships have that going on somewhere. The question to you is not how to live, right? Because to me that sounds like coping. And I like to live my life from a place of hope. And what I mean by that is coping is about managing things that you feel like are out of your control. Like how do you feel your relationship? And don't get me wrong. What your partner decides to do is their decision, right? Those things are out of your control. But when you shift into realizing that you can transform and not just manage, meaning just transforming yourself into alignment with what a more conscious version of yourself might be, or a version of yourself that is better equipped and skilled and experienced in self-regulation, self-awareness, communication, having a toolbox full of things that allow you to stay more grounded and consistent in your focus and in the way that you approach this relationship and the way that you approach your own life. So I start there because I feel like that is the foundation for every relationship is our fundamental belief that things are able to change or that things are not able to change. And many times we approach it solely as a victim or are defeated, right? Well, this is just the way it is. And that's because we see the other as the primary and many times only problem when they are half of the equation. Always and only half. You are the other half. You can respond, you can react, you can create, you can transform. So, my approach, rather, is let go of the thing you don't have control over, the other, at least just for a moment. It is a relationship after all, and you can come back to them after we start here with just you, okay? So, what is your trauma? 
What are your fears? And how are you approaching your trauma and your fears? Start there. Are you seeking support? Do you have a counselor? Are you practicing mindfulness or something that is not just a coping or grounding mechanism, but a healing and transformative mechanism? Because fear, common acronym, false evidence appearing real. Holding on to that, whatever happened in the past, that traumatic experience. And as you're sifting through it, your reality is full of these falsehoods, but they appear very real to you. And so you need someone who can see your blind spots, someone you trust. So find a therapist, a counselor, a guide, whatever you're into. But get someone to help you with your blind spots. And then start being active. Lean into your uncomfortable space. Well, what is this counseling? Are they guiding you towards like EMDR, right? Some kind of journaling practice, some kind of affirmation practice, something new. Because when that falsehood is appearing real, many times we also believe that there's no way around this, no way out of this, right? That's still the coping mindset. <laughs> so when you are coping, believe this thing will never change, you make that thing more concrete in your reality. It isn't, because frankly, even concrete, hit it hard enough, it will break, it will dissolve, and will return into sand, into dust. So that's the first part, is here. Okay, and as you learn and evolve and grow, get to see parts of yourself. Oh, my fear attracted this, was attracted to this thing with this person, or allowed this because I was seeking, right? What was the underlying thing you were seeking, right? Was it to be seen, was it to be heard, was it to be validated? And maybe that trauma bond or whatever it might be in your circumstance helped support that in a way, but it was an unconscious way, maybe an unhealthy way that amplified that hurt, that trauma. And now being able to see and hear yourself and live and walk in your own worthiness, now you get to come back to that relationship with this person and start engaging in a new way. Setting boundaries, being more communicative, not reacting to certain things but responding, creating, while also honoring yours and their humanity. Because I can tell you, there's one thing I know for certain, if you wanna shift any circumstance in your life, shift you, <laughs> shift you, you shift. It's the most empowering place to be. Shift your energy, Shift your intention, shift out of judgment and resistance and blame. Shift into awareness. Shift into unconditionality. Shift into curiosity, shift into openness, shift into love. 
do that, and you're consistent in that, things start to shift around you. Right? It's a gentle, subtle shift within your partner without you bouncing back and making you the issue because you've decharged a lot of those things. Now they start to have to shift their awareness into something else, which eventually leads them back to themselves. Well, it's not her, she's not doing that anymore. She's weird. They're weird, he's weird. What? I don't understand. We used to always argue about this and now they, they won't argue with me. Is it me? It breaks their pattern. Opens them up, makes them available, right? That's what we're really talking about, available to know that you don't know. Available to witness your life in a new way. Available to transformation. But that only comes when you let go. Let go of whatever false evidence is appearing real. And you allow yourself to just let go. Release your grip, you know. It, it still may feel real, but you don't have to cling to it in the way that you used to. Just let go. And that creates space. And giving yourself time giving yourself grace. But if it's a long-term relationship, surely it's not only built on trauma and fear, right? That's a singular perspective also. There's sincere care. There's sincere love. And everything in between. So make yourself available to those things as well. Obviously, that question is a big question, and without knowing more details, it's um, kind of challenging to be very specific, but just approaching it differently and finding the support, I think, will be huge. All right, I feel like I want to read these three and then answer them maybe collectively. So someone's asking, what do you do when you feel you are blocked in your life and are struggling with direction? Another person's asking how to remove somatic anxiety, any practices, so that's physical anxiety in the body, how to release past lovers who dominates my heart. All of these are um, talking about blocks, talking about anxiety and past lover. Right. So let's start with the first one. When I feel blocked, usually it's about truth. Honesty. When we get hurt, oftentimes, especially in a busy world, if you have a family, if you're a parent, work a full-time job, You'll feel like there's little time, and maybe there literally is little time to be with things that are happening. And so in order to move past him, we'll minimize and suppress whatever it is. Like, oh, it wasn't that bad, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. It's a very common one, right? When really, that person speaking to you that way or treating you a certain way or the disappointment of whatever the experience was impacted you greatly. And it hurt. And it's not just one thing, right? There may be several things throughout your life. Okay? So, honesty. And I just mean you being honest with yourself. Tell the truth. One of the most liberating things when I felt a block in my life was when I finally decided to be really honest with myself in my journal. And for me to even get there, because I didn't want anybody else to read what I had to say in the way I wanted to say it, I decided it was going to be a burn journal, okay? Meaning I was just going to burn the pages after I was done because I didn't want anybody to see it. And I would write, I would be very, very brutally honest with myself. There may even be curse words. <laughs> there may be things I would never want to say to anyone, but I needed to express. I needed to get out. And so on my journal, I would let it all out unfiltered, untapped. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Be real, how I was feeling, what happened, how much that hurt. But as you do that, and someone's asking about somatic anxiety, this is one of the ways that you can move through that because anxiety is a symptom, usually of future pacing, worried about the future based on something in the past relative to a present experience. You're allowing yourself to feel and those things that are blocking the light and the truth underneath was just the energy that's supposed to be in motion. Your emotion is not mo in motion. It was suppressed and stacking up. Okay. So now you are expressing it, exhaling it, letting it go by just brain draining it onto the page. And it's leaving your body moments where I could feel my body relax, just writing and saying what I needed to say. So I'd write it down, everything. Didn't have to be coherent, didn't judge it, right? But this also validates everything that you're experiencing, because it is all valid. Whatever your experience of that moment, that occurrence, is valid, right? And so what we minimize is ourselves in that moment when you suppress it or your human experience. And so then you lose sight of which direction to go in because you're in survival mode. So think of it this way. If you're in survival mode, you're going down this path. I'm going straight towards you. This is my direction. Something comes in my way maybe something on this path. I'm hurt, so I run away. And I'm in avoidance. And I'm running every which direction except where I wanted to go. Because <laughs> I got hurt, I got scared. And I'm in survival mode, backtracking, or way off course. Even if I'm instead of right here, straight ahead, even if I'm just a few degrees off this way, 
I go that way long enough, I'll be thousands of miles away from where I intended to be. Okay. So once you start to express those things, get it out, maybe you go and burn it. That's also like a very um, therapeutic kind of release of, oh, now that hurt, that turmoil is being transformed. Right? Maybe it's being transformed into the air or to ash. That could be composted into the earth and be used for nutrients, for new things to grow. Okay. Now there's more space because what's blocking you is always the emotion. It's always heavy feelings and the fear of failure or the fear of success. So once you start to get honest with your feelings underneath all that heaviness, keep being honest with yourself every day. That's why I do this in the Rise Journal, release. That's what the R is for. I don't know if any of you guys know about my Rise Journal practice. But release, release every day. Be honest with yourself. And what starts to happen is what you really want starts to bubble up once there's space for it. Once you're not so overwhelmed with fear and insecurities, these other beautiful inklings and knowings arise. It's like, oh, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to be free to dance. I wanted to be free to go where you were originally planning on going. Right? So, I remember when I was younger, my pops asked me, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And so now I'm asking you, what would you do if you weren't afraid? That's all we're really talking about here. Just many times we won't allow ourselves to admit the fear, so we just call it a block or a whatever. But it's that false evidence appearing real again. It's a wall. You can't see beyond the wall of worry. <laughs> what are people going to think of me? What about these other things? What about them? People are always going to talk. The whole world will never agree with you. You can be the most successful celebrity, business titan, musician. And there'll always be someone who disagrees with what you're doing. Our pieces and parts of it. Right? So that's the wall. That's part of the wall. Okay. So allow yourself to unabashedly dream, be honest, be real, let go of the fear. And the block will dissolve. The next question, how to remove somatic anxiety. Um, if you have anxiety in the body, so journaling is one, but I like to move the body. Um, one common way is grounding in nature. I realize really quickly how much better I feel when I'm outside. So I just begin to embrace that. That's one of the things I allowed myself to embrace in my journaling practice. Like, I just enjoy being outside. How can I build my life around that? <laughs> I just feel good. Um, so ground, right? Take your shoes off, get your feet, some part of your body on the earth. Go for a walk. Um, dance. <laughs> Just dance, lose energy, 
right? Work out, be physical. Walking, how often are you present to your feet? Usually only when they hurt, when something's wrong. And that's usually how our awareness works. When something goes left, we go with it, right? We are generally very poor at self-regulating our attention. Our intention decides to go where it, it's pulled because we have all of these unconscious things happening. So, taking a moment as you're walking, can you feel your feet? Can you feel your toes? Maybe focus on the big toe. I know it sounds a little silly, but go with me on this journey for a moment. Can you feel it as it bends? Does that, right? As it flexes along the earth. Can you feel how much tension or ease or gentleness is in your toe? Do the next toe and the next toe and the next toe. And as you become present, you realize that you're holding a lot of tension in your feet as you walk. Or that maybe you're walking a bit off balance. Maybe you're favoring one side. Naturally, the body releases some of that anxiety and that tension. Now, connect the breath to it, breathing in. Maybe think about something that may be causing you anxiety, to worry about tomorrow. And as you breathe, visualize it moving through the body and out through the feet into the ground, like electricity. Right? Grounded. Continuing to move the body. Just see what happens. Instead of allowing your attention to be guided by everything that's wrong, breathe it in. Direct it. Learn to be one with it. That's what mindfulness is about. Accepting that this is life and that these things will happen. But that you can align with them and allow them to flow. Or you can resist them and create blocks or symptoms of anxiety and tension and stress and dis-ease in the emotions, in the psyche that manifest in the soma, in the body. Okay, what was this last question? How to release past lover who dominates my heart. Hmm. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on this. Think about the language that you use. Okay? Past lover who dominates my heart. Those are like warring words. And the reason I'm starting here I know that's not exactly what you meant, but I am saying that to show you little subtleties in the way that you express your experience, begin to reshape your experience. Start there, it's very gentle, it's very tender, it's a very easy way in, okay? So, dominates my heart. How do I let go of a past lover who's very present in my heart? 
very different. It's a lot of love there. I don't know the nature of your connection. I don't know the length and breadth and depth of your connection, but they're very present. And it doesn't have to be a warring thing, even though it may be hurtful and painful. They are a past lover after all. So how can you approach the transition out of whatever that relationship was into whatever's next with presence and love? So I got divorced a few years ago. Every time something would come up that reminded me of my ex-wife, a song, a, a, a memory, a location, a food, all those things would offer gratitude. Instead of resisting, oh, mm, thank you. Thank you for that moment. Thank you for those times. I wish you well, dear one. Let it move through you. Let it move through you with gratitude. Gratitude moves and releases the clinging in so many ways. Oh, celebrate that love. Don't resist the transition. Celebrate it. Wish them well. Wish yourself well. And be thankful that that is now a, a beautiful totem of that experience of those times together, of all the things you learned together, the ways you expanded. But it's also a moment where you recognize I'm creating space for something new. That part of the journey is over. It's acceptance of all of it, right? Helping you to move out of duality, war, dominate, subjugate, to the full spectrum of your existence. Okay, the full spectrum, which is all at once. <laughs> That's there, but also the love. Even with this, whatever's happening with the light right now through the trees, there's a light and shadow and everything in between depth with lines. That's how our emotional experience is also. So think about this person isn't dominating your life or your heart. They're present in your heart because it's new. And then there's also the very practical. It's gonna take about 30, 60, 90 days for your nervous system <laughs> to transition. And it could be longer or shorter, depending on how you align or misalign with the natural processes of the way the body and the mind work. But offering gratitude, offer gratitude for those moments. And then if there is unfinished business, figure out a way that you can express that and be present to that as well. Whether you have access to that person now or you don't, but just being present to it. And one of the easiest ways is to, to write a letter. I love journaling, 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 journaling. Write a letter to that person. Doesn't, you, you don't have to have the intention of giving it to them or sending it. It could be a burn journal letter. But communicating, expressing it, getting it out, letting the energy move 
What do you have to say? What do you want to say? These are all gentle ways to accept the transition and team with the transition. Versus being in resistance to your humanity. We're social beings wired for love. And not only is it normal, it's expected that a past lover might be present with you a little while longer beyond the moment of what you might deem the end of that relationship. So much of what you talk about is control versus acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yes. In response to that comment, I'm an advocate for mindfulness because it's transformed my life so greatly. And it just means being present, being accepting, being open, curious about your life. And it's not about this dualistic approach that so many of us have. Many of us were given a very oversimplified view of the world. And we hold on to it. And it's very natural because the world can be overwhelming. We have this desire to name things and to know. But the issue comes when we assume that we know all. We won't say it. It doesn't sound right if you say it, but we operate that way. Then the ego slips in. So control versus acceptance and clinging and non-clinging, a simple act of being present to your feet, like I mentioned earlier, is a mindful practice. Journeying is being mindful, being aware of the full mind, not just what I want, not just the positive thing, everything. It's all with you, <laughs> always, right? My ex that I love, she will always be in my heart. Will my relationship to her energy or her story, are those times shift? Yes, and they have shifted greatly. But I accept that and I appreciate those things that she offered me. And other lovers in my life, other relationships. But it's about acceptance. Can you accept and not resist? So many wonderful questions coming in. I have time maybe for one more. I'm gonna end with this one because I can relate, maybe many of you can. It says, how to stop overusing myself, helping others. People pleaser behavior. Short answer, say no more. <laughs> now the longer answer. Generally, us people pleasers or recovering people pleasers have found security in manipulating the situation and we do that as a survival response 
from maybe not getting our own needs met when we were younger or being seen or heard. And so what we started to do is become hyper aware of the needs of others and started filling those voids. And for a season, we felt seen and heard. We got validated. Oh, thank you, Joel. You're so great. Oh, thank you, Joel. You, you really helped me here and no one else would. And, and by the end of the day, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tapped out. So I didn't just do it for one person. I did it for every person in my life. And so I know that I need to change, like you are referencing here. How do I stop overusing myself in your words? But you have difficulty doing that because it feels really uncomfortable to say no. <laughs> it almost feels wrong. I do have the time. Do you? So now let's go deeper into a reevaluation of what's happening under the surface. Let go of the other for a moment and let's see what our actions might reveal about our views of ourselves. So if I feel like I need to give, 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 even when it's not healthy for me, then what does that say about my view of my own value or worth? Generally, it's that my worth is fairly low or that my worth is only in my ability to do things for others or that I find value that way. I find attention, I find myself being seen when I do that. And I like that feeling, so I will do that because it quote unquote works. Now, that's what we call idiot compassion. Now the question is, how can I actually give that attention to myself? How can I see myself? How can I find security within my own body, within my own psyche, within my own mind, within my own spirit? Oh, now I have to actually honor my worth. Right, what is a, a healthier balance between heart, my humanity, seeing my humanity as equal to all the others. Surely I can't do everything for everyone at all times. Right, it's like the, uh, what they say on the plane, if the plane's going down, put your own life jacket on first before you help anybody else to ensure that you don't drown and you're drowning. So, learning that your needs are just as important, if not more important, as a priority, and start filling your own cup first. Learn the difference between having overflow, which is one of my mantras now, I give from my overflow as often as I'm able. Sometimes life requires that I have to give even when I don't have overflow, and that's life, right? But my intention is to give from my overflow. So now you have to learn. My do I even have energy for that? Do I have time in my schedule? No. <laughs> I may not be doing anything at that time, but relative to all the other things that I'm doing, that I have to do, I know I don't have the energy 
by the emotional availability to go do this thing. Right? So starting to do that. And then, actually, I'm free today. I could do that, but I actually just want to be with myself. Validating your own needs, your own desires, self-care, self-love. So I'm just going to do that. So actually, I'm actually busy. I'm unavailable. Right? Reframing how you view your availability. No, I may not be working at my job. No, I may not be with my kids or my spouse or my family. I'm with me. Calendar? Blocked. I'll see you all on Tuesday. Maybe. <laughs> right? The other thing is allowing yourself to be flexible. Because on this journey, you're not always going to make the right decision the first time. So you may agree to something and then the day comes or it gets closer and you realize, no, <laughs> that's not what I need to be doing or what I can do. So you should know, be flexible with yourself and allow those around you to adapt to this more authentic version of you. And I guarantee you, those who have seen you sacrifice yourself time and time and time again, they see you start taking care of yourself and making yourself a priority. The real friends, the people who actually care about your well-being just as much as you do about theirs, they'll adapt with you. Like, oh, okay, well, I understand. Take care of yourself. I love you. We'll, well, I'll figure it out. Right? So letting go of all of these facades in our worldview, the view of your own value and the view of your relationships and what's holding them together. Because real love is unconditional. I'm not diving into the integrity or the reliability or the consistency thing, right? Because that's, that's another layer. But just simply shifting how you view yourself how you communicate in relationships, and how you view your availability and unavailability. These are the starting points. And again, I started out with the simple answer. Say no more. <laughs> Say no when you need to. Because in reality, many of us get stuck here. Well, if I can learn with information, everything would be perfect. If I can orchestrate all of this in my mind, Real wisdom comes through action and experience. The end. Real wisdom comes through action and experience. So make a decision. You're not going to make the perfect decision every time. It's impossible. I don't even know what that means. Be active. Learn. Grow. Embrace your humanity. Flex. Flow. Today I'm going to try this. Is it going to work? I don't know. I might, do I even know why I'm trying it? No. Embrace your inner child. That inner freedom. Your authentic nature. I don't even know why I want to do this, but I'm just going to do it. I don't even know how to fill my cup because I haven't done it ever. <laughs> what, what does that even mean for me? Right? I'm sharing examples of things that help me fill my cup. Being in nature, going for walks, meditation. For you, it might be something totally different playing certain music loud in the car, experiencing that freedom, other things that are relative to 
past history and trauma and your unique expression of life, your personality. But allowing yourself to experiment, have fun. Doesn't have to be heavy. But say no. It's a beautiful word. Simple, to the point, powerful, clear. What's the uh, phrase, clear is kind? Be clear. Feel the, maybe the discomfort you might feel initially in saying no. And then when you're out of that situation, when you're alone and have that free time, feel the joy of that as well. And though in the big picture, finding the balance between your yes and no is gonna create sustaining joy and fulfillment in your life. In all things, all of life, we're just ordinary people, right? We don't know which way to go, John Legend. It's very true. But what we can do is become more skilled in self-regulating our attention, being more present to our hearts and knowing what we really need and what we really want. And the most empowering tool is mindfulness, which is why I created the Beautiful Souls community. Every morning, 7.30 till 8 central time, I lead you through a meditation, resonant for the day, play guitar. We have moments for deep questioning, deep seeking, and we're held in community, soft space with the intention to be safe. That's been deep in my heart since 2010. And it's taken me 13 years to actually offer it. I say that not to say it's gonna be long and hard, but just to be honest and clear. Life is an ever expanding journey that no one can tame or frame. So allow yourself to expand with it, to flow with it, to be with it. Because as you start to develop a greater awareness for this experiment called life, <laughs> this journey called life, you start to realize that it really is what you make it, how you shape it but that's relative to your skill set <laughs> so practice authentic creation intentional conscious presence regularly whether that's in the community or not and you'll be surprised how things shift i sincerely love you all thank you for joining me for this live Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your hearts. I'm gonna go for a walk. <laughs> Be well, beautiful souls. I'll see you soon. Much love and light.